Hi, my name's Jason. I'm the senior pastor at Chilton Church. We hope all our messages will help you connect more fully with God's love, grow as his follower, and share his hope with those around you. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning again to everyone and uh, a special good morning to everyone uh, who is perhaps listening online uh, and uh, you are all very welcome. We trust that um, that this is going to be helpful for everyone. I am um, in my time of prayer for this morning as I was preparing for today. Um, I felt that it was not just appropriate, but actually God's intention to focus our attention on something that for many of us, probably for all of us, we can find really elusive, and that is to be able to live in and with the peace of God uh, and to know God's peace, even in the midst of challenging and difficult times. And so we're going to uh, press pause on our series through the Gospel of Mark uh, for today because I feel God wants to do something with us this morning, impart something to us, uh, release something to us. But even as I say I want to speak about peace, I, I want to just make sure that I'm clear about what we're talking about when we talk about biblical peace. Because peace in the Bible might ha have a slightly different focus perhaps to the way that we use the term uh, in, in general language today. Peace in the Bible or the Hebrew shalom is not only about tranquility, the absence of responsibility and work, uh, which I think we all appreciate those moments when we have those times. Uh, I'm not sure what comes to mind for you when you think of a peaceful moment, uh, whether it is sort of sitting on a deck chair by a pool with the sunshine. A lot of you right now are thinking, I wish I was there and not here. I can feel it, Jason. I can feel the warmth and the, the pool just on the tips of my toes. Okay, I'm not sure for you what, what peace perhaps looks like, but biblical peace is much bigger and much wider than that. And it comes actually from the idea of wholeness and soundness. That's where the root word comes from, this idea of something being sound. And so if you can, I'm not sure what your favorite fruit to eat is. Okay, but perhaps a, an apple or a banana. So imagine if you were to have two apples and one of them was bruised. You know what it's like when you have that disappointing moment where you, you take the apple out of the bowl or out of your lunch bag or whatever it is and, and the whole section of it is, is all soft and bruised and you can feel it sort of mushy underneath. No one really likes to bite into that, do they? And then you've got the other apple which is all nice and solid and firm and crisp and sweet and you know what it's going to sound like to bite into that. And, and so that actually is quite a good analogy for this biblical idea of peace. It's not to be bruised, to be disturbed, to be broken. It is to be whole and sound and solid and as it should be. God's peace is about inner and outer wholeness. It's actually what Adam and Eve had in the very beginning with God. They were at peace with one another and with God and in themselves. And it is what we will have again perfectly when Jesus comes 
to make all things new. For those of us that love God and have given our lives to God and have received his spirit, when Jesus comes again, we will come into the peace of his kingdom and we will know it perfectly. And perhaps this is the most important thing for us today as we live in this world, that God is the God of peace. He is peace. There is nothing about him that is broken or out of place. He is completely and perfectly whole in of himself. So different from our inner world very often, particularly in times like this. I think, uh, I think it would be accurate to say that the world is awash with panic and fear at the moment. Fear around the financial state of the world economy. Fear over our health and the health of the people that we love. And this virus has brought that very powerfully to the front of our thinking. It feels like fear is the sort of undercurrent uh, and, and this panic that is the undercurrent that permeates everything in the news at the moment. And it's almost as, as soon as you open your news apps or your newspapers or you, you switch on the TV, it's not to say that we want to disengage from that, but the, the current of it, the culture of it is one of fear and panic and alarm. And I guess we can look at it and say, well, there's some very understandable reasons for that. Look at what's gone on in our country just over the last couple of months. There are people whose homes have been ruined in floods, people who've lost their jobs as whole companies have collapsed, people who've lost loved ones, people who are sick, people who are facing uncertain financial futures. And our children pick up on that fear, don't they? You see it in the classrooms, you see it at Sunday school as they come, as you connect with them. They hear everything and they're engaging with it and internalizing it and, and often not understanding it. And then this fear and this panic, it, it has this quite negative impact on us as humans. It does some very unfortunate things for us. We've seen an increase, for example, in prejudice and violence as a result of the, violence, uh, uh, the virus. We've seen unhealthy coping mechanisms in people as we try to deal with the stress and anxiety of life, divisions and bitterness and selfishness. These are, these are challenging times that the world is living in. Who's feeling encouraged right now? Okay. Jesus says in John 16, and we're going to look at John chapter 14 and 16 this morning, if you want to sort of get there in your, in your Bibles. But he says in John 16, one of the things he says is that in this world, we will have trouble. We will have trouble. And the word there, trouble, literally means pressure. To feel hemmed in and without a solution. Or tribulation, internal pressure. Difficulty, the kind of difficulty when you feel like you're out of options. And you don't know what to do. And, and perhaps there are many of you and many of you listening online that have been feeling like that in the course of this week. Feeling afraid, feeling pressure, feeling panic, feeling hemmed in. And just that internal disturbance. Now obviously, thankfully, life does not always feel like that. But Jesus is saying we can't live in this world and escape seasons of real challenge and real pressure. 
In fact, life is typically permeated with it in one form or another. So that what the world craves, do you know the world is craving peace? It, it is such, a, it is such a, um, an alluring idea to think of being at peace. All the holiday adverts try to kind of tap into that, don't they? This is what you need right now. And we all say, yes, it's absolutely what we need right now. We need peace. We crave peace. And yet, because even the illustration that Charlotte shared this morning, because of sin and evil that's prevalent in the world, it is always going to be out of our grasp. This elusive idea that we can't hold on to unless we learn to receive it from the God of peace, from God himself, who is peace. And this is actually the good news, that in Christ, we can receive God's eternal peace, even in the midst of chaotic, tragic difficult, disturbing, challenging times. And that is, I think, what God wants to do with us today. He wants to give us his peace that we could walk with that. I'm not sure perhaps you've done something like this at school or at a club where you're building bridges. Have you done that? And they, they always give you the worst things to build with. You know, it's, it's dry spaghetti, uh, or if they're really unkind, you know, cooked spaghetti. I don't know how you do that. But, or newspaper, lollipop sticks, and, and you've got a certain amount of time, and you've got to build this bridge. And then the teacher comes along and sort of loads the bridge with weight. And, and you very quickly begin to see the quality of the bridge. And where the weak points are. And what we see is that challenge and testing, it reveals our strengths and it exposes our weaknesses. And that is true of our faith and relationship with God. These kinds of times of of testing and challenge, they reveal the strength of our faith and they expose the weaknesses of our ability to trust in God. When we hit what Jesus says are these times of trouble and pressure, what happens inside our hearts? Is is our default, the disposition of our hearts, is it to, to lean into God in faith and in trust, to receive his peace, knowing the God of perfect peace is able to give us his peace? Or is the disposition of our hearts and the sort of natural bent to to move into stress and fear and panic. You know, I guess the question is, as people come into the orbit of your life, do they come into a culture of peace or a culture of panic? What an interesting thing to think. When people spend time with me, are they going to walk under my umbrella of peace or are they going to walk under a shower of fear. What, what do I perpetuate in my life? And, and I will be very honest with you. If, if, if I'm not intentional to come to God, if I'm not intentional to make myself dependent on him and receive from him, I, I fail these tests with the best of them. You know, I, if, I, if I left my heart unchecked, I would be a fantastic panicker. 
I, I, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I think I think I would score quite well. You know, I find it easy to become afraid and fearful and anxious to dwell on the problems. Sort of quite good at finding what the problems are and then thinking about them and thinking about potentially what the future problems could be, you know, and what might be problems if those problems happen until the fear and anxiousness are the new climate of my heart if I haven't brought that to God. But you know what I find so encouraging? Jesus doesn't fail those tests. He doesn't fail the test. He so super abundantly overcomes them that he makes it possible for us to enter into his peace. So just, you know what it's like when you, when you step into the room with someone who's panicking and that panic can be infectious and you step into the room with someone who's just totally at peace. Not that they're sticking their head in the sand like an ostrich and pretending it's not happening, but they are genuinely at peace and how that impacts us. And what, what the truth of this is that Jesus is so at peace that he says we can come into his climate. We can come near to him and his peace begins to affect us as we receive it from him. And his spirit is gifted to us that we might know his peace. And so this is what John says um, in John chapter 14 as Jesus speaks. And and just as, as a reminder of the context of this, this is just as Jesus is about to go to his torturous death on the cross. He's about to be crucified. Not just is he going to endure the physical pain of torture and crucifixion, but he is going to endure the pain and inner turmoil of having the sin of the world. You know what it's like when you feel guilty over having done something wrong? That feeling of of the the pressure, or if you've done something you shouldn't have done, and it keeps you up at night, and there's that inner disturbance. You you said something you shouldn't have said, or you've been in an argument. There there is that inner turmoil that you you feel. Jesus is about to feel the sin of the world in his life as he takes it to the cross. Perhaps not a time when you were thinking about giving your peace to others. And yet he is. John 14. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, verse 25, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. That's why we can trust in the New Testament and in the Gospels. How did the disciples remember everything Jesus said? Because Jesus said, I'm going to send the spirit to you and there's going to be a supernatural grace to remember everything. We talked about this at Connect Group. If you had a superpower, what would it be? And everyone laughed at me because I said remembering. I thought, remembro. Yeah, I yeah, got the same reaction at Connect Group. Okay, but, but God was going to gift this ability to remember everything Jesus had said. And then verse 27 Peace I leave with you. My peace, my peace I give you. Do not, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Isn't that interesting? There's a, there's a role we have to play in this. Because he knew it was going to be possible for them to have their hearts troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
And so we see this promise to the disciples. Though I'm going, the spirit will be sent to you and my peace will be given to you. And this is the really crucial point. The peace we get in the midst of our challenge is not something we muster up in our own strength. It's not about saying, come on, guys, we've, we've got to find an inner peace. We, we've got to sort of teach ourselves that we're going to be okay. This isn't the art of positive thinking, although thinking positively can be a very beneficial thing. This is the eternally powerful peace of Jesus himself that is gifted to us by the ministry of the Holy Spirit who is in us. John 16, a couple of chapters later on, Jesus puts it like this. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace, wholeness, soundness, thinking, emotions. In this world, you will have trouble, pressure, anxiety, stress, out of options. But take heart, I've overcome the world. It's really interesting. Jesus says that we are in two places at the same time. Okay. We are in the world, a place of trouble. But we are also in him, the man of peace, the place of wholeness, security, hope, even eternal joy. I wondered, how can I be joyful in the midst of difficult times. Have you ever been with someone that's joyful in the midst of really difficult times? It's not that they're ignoring what's going on. They're, they're maybe even treating things very seriously. But there's just an, a strength about them and a peace about them that brings hope. And, it's, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. When do you need God's strength? When you're really under pressure. And when you really sort of in the midst of the difficult spaces, we are accessing the peace and joy of God and of his kingdom so that we can act in right ways to bring about the kingdom of God. And I have found this so helpful. It's, it's not that I am trying to make myself peaceful. It's that I'm making myself dependent on God. And so I don't want to call you today to make yourself peaceful. But I do call you today to make yourself dependent on God. Assume a posture of reliance on him so that we can receive grace from God to know his peace and know his joy. Paul puts it like this in Galatians 5. He says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, again, I'm not sure about you, but there's something appealing to me about sometimes the, the drama of the anxiety and the panic. You know, there's something to do and to worry about and, and, and to engage in. And, and it's energizing in a broken way. Yeah, does, does that make, I, I hope I'm trying to find language for that. But it's almost as if our hearts can feed on the panic and on the fear. And we crave it. 
It does something with us, but what it does to us is not healthy and helpful. Um, And so when we walk by the Spirit, we don't gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Then verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Isn't that amazing? So the Spirit of God who lives within you, if you are a Christian, you have the Spirit living within you. And if the Spirit is living within you, then he's wanting to release his character and his nature and his strength into your life. And he's desiring to do it. God desperately wants you to be at peace. And he desperately wants you to be full of his joy. And he wants you to be full of love for him and for others. And so he came to live in you to release it. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now in a, in a, in a desperate, challenging, precious situation, can you imagine how powerful that would be? If you could live with that in the midst of it, not ignoring it, but carrying into your stressful times, these qualities and these attributes of God. See, it does a number of amazing things in us, God's peace. Being at peace means that we're actually now free to act and initiate and respond to situations as God intends. Uh, I, I like to think of fear as being like a fence around us. And the things that we're afraid of, they create the boundary for our lives. You, can you see how that might happen? Sometimes you speak to people and you say, oh, I'm never afraid. Okay. Um, do, you ever, do you ever go on a plane? Oh, no, never go on a plane. Then I'd feel afraid. Okay. Okay, so you are afraid, but you're not feeling fear. Because why? You've not walked up to your boundary. And, and, and so we all have fear in us. The, the question is, how, how big is your circle? And how wide can you live? And, and where is fear capping the way that you live? Um, someone said, um, you know, if, if you were to take a piece of paper and write down, what would be, you know, three of the things that you might do for God if you could be injected with absolute courage and boldness? Okay, just have a think about it. What are the things that you might do for God if, if right now today you could come for I splash you with this water and you just receive absolute boldness and courage? What might you do? And then the person said, well, if you've written anything down, then fear has already become a boundary in your life. And we all have a boundary of fear. And God is trying to take us out of that, that we have one boundary And it's the fear of the Lord. Because wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And we fear him. We don't fear the situation and other things. And now we're free to act as God leads. And as God instructs. How powerful that is when the church fears God but doesn't fear anything else. It's quite amazing. I was um, speaking with someone um, 
over the course of the week who knows Jackie Pullinger. Not sure if any of you have heard of Jackie Pullinger, um, but she was a ministry for decades um, into um, Hong Kong, uh, working with drug addicts and bringing the gospel in the Forbidden City um, to people there. Incredible woman of God. Um, and this group of people, and they were coming out of China just as everything was going pop in China recently with the virus. And they knew that her immune system was compromised. She has cancer. She's having um, treatment for that. And they said to her, look, we, we don't want to risk bring, bringing anything in. And, and we want to respect, if you want to cancel, then that's fine. And she said, she, she, as they said, they were just amazed at her response. She said, look, we don't operate under a climate of fear here. We face danger every day. All we're seeking to do is follow what God is calling us to do and be obedient to him. And we don't feel that God is saying we need to stop this. So we want to welcome you in. And they, they did the conference and everyone this was way over a month ago. Everyone has been fine. Now, I'm not saying, hear me, I'm not saying we're flippant. I'm not saying we just don't listen to the advice that we're giving. We need to be sensible. But what I'm saying is that when we're not living under fear, we're free to make the right decisions in the right time with the right information as we honor God. And know that our lives are fleeting anyway. And we're living for the one who's coming. And we live for him. Does that, does that make sense? And, and, and it was so insightful for the team that was out there to experience doing ministry with someone that has a very wide boundary. I don't think any of us ever get out of fear completely. Okay? But they have a very wide boundary. But they really fear the Lord and are seeking to honor him. Okay, so it enables us to make considered decisions about our lives as we trust God is with us. It's empowering, incredibly empowering to live with peace and joy. Where we are not striving, but we can be productive at the same time because we're not living under fear. And I tell you, this is a challenge. It's a cha I have a boundary and I'm trying to push on it regularly and it's hard hard to push on your fear boundaries because we all have them and yet God is calling us to trust and to trust in him and you know what's amazing is is not only does it massively powerfully profoundly impact us but the impact goes beyond us to others because we're now able to be like Jesus is to us to those who are around us because when peace is in us we can release our peace to others. Do you remember the stories where Jesus says, go into the towns and the villages, and if they accept you, let your peace remain there. And if they don't accept you, you pick it up and you take it with you. Because your peace, the peace that you've received from God, is a blessing. If you can take it into your workplace, if you can take it into your family, if you can bring it into the church, if you can take it into the nation, the world is hungry for it. But God says, you can only have it in me. You can only have it in me. The source of peace is God. You can't get it on a holiday. You know, isn't it amazing? You go on a holiday, you feel great. You come back, you feel stressed. Okay, because you didn't deal with the problem. 
because God is the solution. And so I've been praying. I've been praying for myself. I've been praying for us that in the midst of this time, we might know God's peace and know what it is to stand in it, the protection of it, the strength of it, the joy of it, the hope of it. And that then we would be able from there to act in all the right ways that we're meant to. Which we believe is being consistent with the letter that we've sent out. Just in case anyone's got the wrong end of the stick. Okay. I'd like to pray for us. How many of you would like peace? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it is a commitment to a way of living. It's not just now. It's as you go home. It's, it's an inner prayer before you open your news app. And switch on the television. Or open your bill. Look at your bank account. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that triggers the stress and anxiety. You know, as you're receiving the call from the family member that you know is in a difficult space. Lord, thank you that though I'm in this world and have trouble, I'm in you and have your peace. Then you read the article. And then you take the phone call. And then you watch the, the television. We're not saying disengage. We're saying engage. Okay? Jean-Luc Picard. Starship Enterprise. We're here to engage. But from a position and foundation of peace. So when you stand, the team are going to come up. We're going we're gonna to sing a song to close. But I want to pray for us. Lord, I pray right across the room. We need this. We need you. We choose, we choose now to make ourselves dependent. We are not independent. We are dependent on you for life and hope and joy. And we are dependent on you for peace. And I pray, God, that you would fill us with your peace. Thank you, Lord. The supernatural, this is a supernatural thing. It is not normal to be peaceful in the midst of tumultuous times. It's not a natural response. It is a supernatural response. It is miraculous to live with God's peace as we go through life's stuff. And yet, God, we pray for this miracle in our hearts. That we would be able to be like Jesus to those who are around us. I pray that each of you would become just the peace of God in your life would be so attractive that people would want to ask you, how are you doing this? How are you living like this? How are, you, how are you walking with this strength that I see in you? And that we could respond, it's not us, but it is our God who gives us hope and joy and peace in the midst of, his, in the midst of trouble. That God is with us. Thank you, Lord. So as a church, we say, Father, would you fill us with your peace that we can continue to do your work in your way for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the church and how to connect with us in person or online, wherever you are, please visit our website at www.chiltonchurch.org.uk.